Well, welcome back to the Limehouse podcast. How are you doing? How you been? Been okay. It's a new year, isn't it? Have you started it well? I started it brutally. I've started a new fitness regime uh, that I feel is absolutely necessary. There's no, there's, there's no way around it now. I'm 40 years old and I don't know how old you are, but there comes a time in every person's life where they look at themselves in the mirror and they go, can I do better? And that's what, that's where I am right now. Okay. I've, I've done the Joe Wicks thing. I'm on with Joe, me and Joe, boom, me and the Peloton, we're back on, back on the Peloton. Fuck me. When was the last time? When was the last time I spoke about the Peloton on this show? Huh? Woo. Well, I'm back on it. And it's brutal. I'm smashing. I'm smashing it. And my guest and I this week, Angel Flores, and I, we speak quite a lot about fitness because uh, she is a powerlifter. And, uh, okay, obviously we're in a slightly different realm of fitness there. But still, you know, uh, maybe I could be that in 10 years. Anyway, uh, wonderful conversation, this one. Uh, you might know Angel from Queer Eye. So uh, she featured uh, in season six and it's such a beautiful episode. I absolutely love it. And as a trans woman, a powerlifting trans woman, it's, it's a fascinating conversation. It really fucking is. And I'm not I'm not just blowing smoke up um, the the arse of this episode, but it probably is probably up there. It's probably up there. You know, it's one of the one of the best ones, I would say. Um, and yeah, you know, it's heartfelt because she's uh, struggled, uh, obviously, uh, when you transition as she did, uh, she has. It, it's 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 not without some level of of emotional discomfort, and I think uh, physical as well, which we talk about as well. So enjoy it, enjoy it. I know I did. I absolutely loved every second. Also, it was very eye opening to me, and I think you'll you'll see that you you hear it. You know, I'm, I'm learning as the conversation goes on. But yeah, I, I do hope you keep coming back um, and support the, the grassroots of podcasting because that's where we are right right now. That's if you've, if, you've, if you've come here for the first time, you are in the weeds right now. You're in the roots, the weeds, the earth of the grassroots movement of podcasting. There's no NPR here. There's no BBC, okay? There's no uh, funding, as you can tell, as you can tell. Yeah, anyway, look, take care and uh, feel free to reach out on Twitter um, if you wish to. If that's your want, I'm at um, at Limehouse Pod. And I'm also on Instagram, the Limehouse Podcast, okay? And yeah, you know, if you always feel like leaving a, a rating or a review on iTunes, then feel free to do so. I haven't said that in yonks, but I'm just going to put it out there. I don't know why. feel like it. Old school style. Please rate and review the show. It uh, really, you know, really helps. Uh, uh, I don't know what it helps. Maybe it helps my ego. Anyway, uh, wow. Uh, look after yourselves. Hi, how are you? Hi, hello. Hello, yes, I'm very good, thank you. No, I'm... Um, <laughs> It, this is such a, a question I've always wanted to ask someone, but like that really, really like works out, um, works out, competes rather. Is like, is it easy 
working out i know that sounds ridiculous but is it do, do you always always have to push yourself or do you do you get to a certain area where you can just cruise a little bit or is this oh, always no. agony? <laughs> this shit never gets easier. i can curse on this on this right now yes you, you, all you right can curse my love, yeah. <laughs> i just won't say anything too too nasty um this shit is not easy it never gets easier um everybody kind of just always says you know the weight increases and it always feels worse. It's never going to feel better. You just find a new way to lift it, right? Um, right. So like 380 is always going to feel like 380, but you're going to feel much more capable under 380, if that makes sense. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I watched The uh, World's Strongest Man the other day. I mean, I love it. It's like, oh, um, what's the guy's, the American guy's name? Um, oh, my God. He's literally been doing like a million and a half years. But anyway, whatever. But they're, they're, like, they're like pulling... I'll remember his name in a second. They, they're pulling tr trains. Trains, then, trucks. Know, it's, right, you know. <laughs> but it's... And, and sometimes a, 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 a vessel will break on their forehead and the blood will start coming down. Oh, like, they are oh. absolute monsters for sure. Right. <laughs> but then they, they do deadlift, powerlift and all that kind of jazz. I mean, yeah. where... Like we could go back to the beginning a little bit on this but where did you first start realizing like hey this is this is my thing like how does <laughs> that must be like american sports is so amazing for that isn't it because it gives you such a wide variety of absolutely. options absolutely it's was it absolutely school? um so um for those who watch my episode um i talk about how my dad was pushing me into sports when i was very very young um, I was like a six-year-old kid sitting on the soccer field, um, pulling daisies out of the ground. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely, definitely did not start loving sports until I was probably about 12 years old. Um, when mm. I actually like had a growth spurt and realized, oh, I actually have some athletic ability here, huh? Um, so I played American football all throughout high school. Um, and then going to college, I was not able to continue playing football. Um, it wasn't really what I wanted to continue doing. I've had seven concussions. Um, my, my ankles is a little fucked up still from my, uh, my high school. I got a really bad sprain. A 200 pound guy just came straight down on top of it. Um, so it's definitely some lingering injuries that I just wanted to step away from and work out. Yeah. Um, when it comes to strength sports um, and entering American strength sports, I actually joined the University of Texas Olympic weightlifting team. Um, and I competed with them for about a year from 20, I'd say 2019 to 2020. Um, and that was probably my first taste of, wow, like competition, strength sports. I'm in a singlet. I have people in front of me cheering me on. I'm on a platform in front of everybody, right? Um, yeah. I'm and, in a singlet. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> shit's real. Um, it's like, yeah, this shit is real, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and like, especially having like, you know, Texas across my chest and, and like the, the longhorn symbol on, on my, on my leg sleeve, you know, it's, it was, it was really, yeah. really good. Um, it was really, really awesome and a great experience. Um, that, changed when i started my transition in 2020 um yeah. and that is when i had to start taking my breaks so usa olympic weightlifting 
they require that trans women take a two-year break in between starting their transition and their next competition as a woman, um, right. which I actually think is a like is not a bad step. I think that two years might be, you know, like pushing a little long. Um, but I think yeah. a, a year, a year and a half um, without competition is definitely something I mean, that you're like. What were you like? Twenty when that when when that started. Correct. Yes, I, w I was so, 20. I mean, yeah. I can imagine someone who's like 35 going, yeah, you know what? I haven't really fucking got two years, you know, yeah. so <laughs> can we speed this process up? But what, what, what do you what do you think of that? that the, the, the two year thing, is that legit? You said it, you, you know, you seem but what do other people have like um, uh, a grief grief with that? Yeah, uh, some people have some some grief with it. Me, I have to look at it from a objective standpoint. And thinking about how, you know, like we, there's all this talk about biology and like how different understandings of how bi like the, the human body works. And I had to look at it from the standpoint of, okay, right now, if I were to enter a competition, I, I would have, you know, my 700 milligrams of testosterone coursing through my body. <laughs> and I would be, you know, I, I would yeah. not, it would definitely not be fair, like on my very first day of HRT, you know? Um, I realized I was trans when I was 20 and then I started my hormone replacement therapy when I was 21, um, yeah. 21, 21. Yeah. 21. Um, <laughs> so even then I was kind of stuck with two years, like that's a long time. And for that sport in particular, um, a lot of those athletes start very, very young. And I didn't have that, uh, that, that opportunity before then. Um, mm -hmm. So it definitely was a huge kind of like impactful moment in my life where I kind of went, wow, I have to do this, but it does really suck. Um, yeah. And to, to, to talk about the process a little bit, like my very, my second day, my very first day of HRT, I did not train. I was like, I'm going to let it take hold and see how things feel. Um, my clean max was 125 kilos and I was snatching about 94 kilos at the time, um, nice. which means that a hundred kilos, I could probably toss around a, a good amount. I like, I could feel good with a hundred kilos, right? That right. second day of HRT, I walked in and a hundred kilos felt like 125. And really? yeah, just, just pulling on it. I was like, what, how much did I overload this? Did, did I, did I, did I mess this up? Um, yeah. It was that second day where I tried to power clean a hundred kilos and I could not catch it above parallel worth a damn. Like I could not get it high enough to, to power clean it. And I was just struggling and struggling and struggling. And from yeah. there, it was probably about eight months of just gradual decline. Um, right. Basically, as soon as I started taking my testosterone blockers, my body went, oh, cool. Let's dump all this crap we don't need. Right. Okay. Um, right. Basically, my body was like, okay, we are now getting signals that we want to be more in line with a cisgender female, right? So the yeah. brain immediately went to work and started changing things. Um, my, my taste, my smell, my sight, they all changed a little bit that very first Whoa. day. Yeah. So it was like, um, it was like 
you know when, in movies when they kind of dull the colors a little bit and then they take you into like a big wilderness and brighten everything up and it was like that i was walking to work and there was these bright orange flowers next to me and i was like whoa those are so bright and then i was <laughs> i was eating and i was like this is so salty what is going on and then right. at the same time a gym bro walks next to me with all this axe body spray on and i wanted to throw up from and this is on my this is on my first day and i was like my senses are are everywhere they're amplified it was like this brain wow. fog had just been lifted off right um like, the, like so like in terms of like like you've just been waiting for this for so so long and now it's like real do you think that was a part of it as well like psychologically and like euphorically as well i i would agree psychologically and euphorically and honestly I would say that a lot of those sensory changes were very much physical, like changes within the brain. The way that I like to explain it is that, um, so we know that intersex people exist, right? There's people born with like physical, um, not differences, it's very natural, um, but it's just different from our standard of biological, like male and female sex, correct? The way I like to explain it is that the brain does the same thing and that for a lot of trans people, it's not the universal truth, but for a lot of trans people, what ends up happening is that their brain is tuned for, let's say, estrogen, but their body is, well, they, they got a male body, right? Um, right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. when, yeah, so when, when I explain it, I say that basically you're uncrossing the wires. As soon as you start taking those hormones and those blockers, you're uncrossing the wires and your, your brain, your body finally link up and go, oh, wow. This is how we're supposed to work, right? Right. God, isn't it? It's amazing that that, that there is therapy out there to to, to make that happen. Absolutely, absolutely. And then from there, it's the body just does its thing. It starts to starts to dump muscle. It starts to put on a lot more fat. Put on the curves. Um, Right. And it it also starts to shrink things like um, like tendons and ligaments in your hands and your feet. Oh my, my God, my hands wow. and my feet have shrunk actually. Um, before I, so before my transition, I used to do this thing with my girlfriend where I would put my hand on hers and fold my fingers over like this. Yeah. And then within eight months, I could no longer fold my fingers over hers. I, I was down here wow. and then I have a friend who lost four shoe sizes. Four, four shoes. Yeah, sizes. I was like, "What brand shoe are you wearing? What brand shoe are you wearing?" That, <laughs> but that she, is fascinating. Yeah, she oh she lost God. a good amount of shoe size, and she lost it very fast. Um, and but then that must we, be extra- That must be painful, no? Uh, well, it's 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 over time, so I guess you don't really notice it. But one day, you kind of put your shoes on, and you're like, "Oh, weird. This this fits a little a little different, right?" Um, it's, it's a very strange, gradual process. And it feels like every single day you're finding new things about yourself to, to notice and to love and to change and to celebrate. God, I bet, I bet it's like a growing a garden, right? I'm a bit of a gardener. So it's like, you know, it's seeing the new things evolve, you know, that you've planted, that you've spent years waiting for it to grow and waiting for it to happen. And now it's like, wow, you can, you can enjoy it. It must be like, it must be a real trip, you know, in a really beautiful, profound way. It's it was probably honestly, it was almost spiritual, you know, like being able to 
feel connected to my body in a way that I never have before in my entire life. That was basically a spiritual experience for me to be able to have an understanding about my body that, oh, wow, this is how I'm supposed to work and function. It improved my quality of life more than I could have ever done with anything else. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, of course, because, you know, it's, it's pretty well documented that people that um, are struggling with the notion of trans, like um, trans or just of, it's hard to really put into words, really, because we all we all have our own struggles with identity. But like, in terms of like being a 16, 14, 12 year old, whatever, young person, trying to understand what the fuck is going on in your head and not have that affect you absolutely um, in a negative way you know there aren't very many people that you know they go hey you know i, I you know 12 years old i knew i wanted to be a, a, a you know change change gender and uh i was fine with that and everyone was fine with it and it was yeah. great and we just all moved on and it was wonderful you know how many you know zero zero but you know what was your sorry i'm, I'm rabbiting what was what was your um your journey like from 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 early childhood um, I'd say my, my journey in regards to my own body and how I understood it was always negative. I think from the very beginning, I, there was, I couldn't place what exactly was wrong, but it was just kind of this feeling of, oh, this something is not right. Right. So, and then I spent a lot of my, like, I kind of went through my childhood kind of coasting by kind of like, I, I'm just living life and I'm a kid and I don't understand anything that's going on um and then it was Which is kind to, of normal right because yeah, most exactly. kids feel that yeah exactly um i wasn't like a lot of like current trans kids like modern trans kids um have the benefit of parents who <clears throat> excuse me um who understand things like gender dysphoria and understand things that like there are certain signs you can find in your childhood that that like that you can catch and you can help early on um but for my parents, they had me when they were, my mom was 19, my dad was 20. So they really didn't have any of that vocabulary and education to really figure out what was going on. I think the earliest sign that I ever, that I can remember was I saw my mom walking around the house before bed in a big sleep shirt and like her underwear, like shorts or something, right? And I was like so drawn to that. I was like, I want to be just like my mom. I want to dress like my mom. Right. Um, and my dad was kind of like confused. My dad was like, not in like a, like a super negative, but overbearing way, but he looked at me and he was like, well, that's not how boys dress. Right. And I think little me just kind of took that and was like, well, my dad's right. Right. Like that's my dad. He's always right about everything. Um, right. And so growing up, it was very much like, body image issue after body image issue after body image issue do you think like the seed was set very early on then that it's, it's really funny isn't it how you described that i had a similar thing at boarding school so you know i had a i, I wouldn't say like um my sexuality was was it, it was really called into question because i was never really um massively driven by pornography mm -hmm. so i went to boarding school and boys did ju just Oh my God, I hated them. They're just <laughs> gr grim, horrible things that would just like drool constantly. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Um, and as soon as someone says to you like, oh, gay, because you're different or you're queer because you're different as, as, a, as a derogatory term, 
yeah that one time is enough of a seed to go fuck i'm different exactly oh shit oh fuck and the whole world can just come down on you and crush you right exactly exactly and a lot of the work that i do in my education especially education on trans kids is really trying to push not like trying to push being trans on kids it's more giving kids the ability to articulate how they feel right i am just as happy for a cisgender for a cisgender boy to sit in front of me and say you know what i i was born a boy and i am a boy just as i'm happy enough that a a a transgender girl can sit in front and 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 sit in front of me and say i was born a boy but i don't feel right Mm. right I think giving the language to to both sides of the equation is beneficial because we start to be able to understand ourselves and our bodies at a younger age, and that empowers the youth. God, it's so it's so so fucking important. It's like it's like even even just to, just to go into a classroom or what have you and just go look. It's it's cool. Like there are we're all different in wonderful and, and wonderful ways and and blah blah blah. I mean, I can't, I'm 40 years old, right? I can't even begin to imagine what that would have been like for British boarding school, you know, mm-hmm. to have a trans person come in and talk or even just, uh, you know, just someone that just come in and go, hey, gay people exist, you know? It's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we we know they exist, but are they really, not in this school. And uh, <laughs> if, if we, we, would, we, could, we could provide them with a first class plane out of this school to an, another gay place, but not in this school. <laughs> no, that kind of vibe. So that that's what I was dealing with. But no, it's it's wonderful what you're doing there. You know, at, at such a young age, like what, 22? You know, that's yeah, a lot of like awareness. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm 22. I, I was raised in Catholic school my entire life. So I was just... Me too. Yeah, like I was just the, the epitome of not having the vocabulary to express what I needed, right? And yeah. I think it's honestly an, an injustice if a child doesn't have the vocabulary to, to, to just articulate how they feel, you know? It's important that we listen to kids and we start to, and we teach them to take agency for themselves at such a young age. No, of course, absolutely. And just just making other people aware, I think, is is, is so, you know. Absolutely. Just, just, like, be kind for God's sake. Absolutely. Like, well, there's, like, what I've been noticing um, throughout my own activism, my own, my own athletics, is that, like, sometimes I need to look at people and just be like, you're just being kind of mean. And I think right. you just need to, to find some compassion and being able to approach every single conversation I have with somebody who disagrees with me, not in a way of being hostile, but instead just trying to say, look, I'm offering you my compassion through my mm-hmm. education and it's your agency whether you want to receive it or not. That yeah. is probably what's made my, my thoughts and my, my ideas the most receptive for people who want to listen. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's 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 such a great perspective you just you've described there. I think for me also is that you can just use yourself as an example. It's like, look, once I was very confused, unhappy, sad, uh, using obvious adjectives, but but and now I'm really happy and look at me, you know, (laughs) exactly, exactly. And and by by the way, you know, it's it's not a decision taken lightly. And I've, you know, and it's freed me um but then you know we're talking look we understand one another and 
I celebrate um, the choices you've made in your life. But there are Thank people you so much. that would be, you know, <laughs> but like, honestly, your story was, you know, it was beautiful, man. I, I was like fucking blown away by it. I absolutely, um, you know, that, that episode of um, Queer Eye had fucking tears rolling down my cheeks. My wife's <laughs> always looking at me, a queer eye going, you're crying again. I'm feeling fine. Um, but you know, it's, um, that's what it's there for. It does, it does the job. It's, it's wonderful. Absolutely. Um, but you're, um, you know, I just, I just think it's, it's the people out there that are going to cast, um, you know, a, a, a wrong shadow over everything. They're always going to be there. So mm -hmm. essentially, kind of what i'm guessing is most people just want to get on and live their fucking lives right that's the thing yeah. just, just go away kind of thing that's it like i think that like the majority of trans people well i think all trans people to be completely honest just want to exist and that's one of the things that i told my coach Vinny. uh one of my very first conversations with him when he asked me why i do what i do why i train so hard and why i want to compete is i looked at him and i said you get to exist in this space freely without question nobody looks at you and says why are you here what are you doing mm -hmm. here do you belong here um and you don't look at yourself and say do i belong here you know because you because you've been mm -hmm. in this space and you've been able to express yourself in this space for so long most trans people in the world don't have that opportunity and honestly mm -hmm. a lot of cisgender people in the world don't have that opportunity to just sit in a space and then take part in a space and say I exist here. I just want mm. to exist here. I want to be just like everybody else around me. I want to compete with my peers and and celebrate my peers just as they, as they celebrate me. Yeah, no, that that's so true, isn't it? The we're definitely hemmed in by an awful lot of um, shit. And I tell you what, I don't I hate you. I hate staying capitalism, right? Because it's just so, <laughs> ugh, blah, you know, start using isms and all kinds of shit absolutely going wrong but but it but it but it is true you know modern society is about keeping people in boxes in pigeonholes and uh we're you know amazon it's easy to keep us in check then right mm -hmm. you know and i think anything outside that box is threatening to certain people especially you know multi-conglomerates but uh you know Come, i yeah, completely agree. <laughs> I think that like so many people and it's not their fault, you know, it's not our fault that a lot of us are just pushed into boxes and we're not exposed to the to, you know, other people, other things, you yeah. know, um, I think that I have this amazing privilege where I do get to not only expose myself, but be exposed to people of all different backgrounds with it with, within the work that I do. And like, I've had conversations with people that directly disagree with me. And we'll mm. leave that conversation civilly. Um, and I think that's lost a lot of the time um, when it comes to having conversations over the internet and even having conversations in person. Um, yeah. For me, it's not important that you agree with me. It's important that you hear me. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 That, that's, that's, that's legit, isn't it? It's like all people want is just an opportunity to speak, you know? Absolutely. But we can all... And, and some people need to learn. I need to learn so much more. Like, oh my God, like my sister-in-law is, you know, is, is talking to me about all, all kinds of manner of things. And I'm like 40 years old. I, I try to keep up. It's just, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm open ears. I love people. I mean, 
I love people. I love all kinds of people, rather. I mean, I, I remember my first experience with someone who's going through the transition experience. I, uh, I was 2018, 2018, something like that. I was in a heavy rock band in London. And um, this, um, you know, this Hell guy yeah. started talking to me and he was in the middle of the process. And I was like, this is amazing. And I, I'm not just saying that. I was totally, just come out of fucking boarding school. Do not celebrate anything mm -hmm. outside the norm, as I, I think I've articul articulated yeah. reasonably well. <laughs> to be suddenly, you know, face to face with this person who's just going through this most extraordinary journey, I couldn't couldn't stop asking questions, and he, you know, he was so lovely about it. And that that's that's all you want, really, isn't it? Just like a normal fucking conversation with someone about something. Absolutely, that... absolutely. And I and I'm very happy that I was able to take part in this query episode. Because a lot of a lot of people were asking, was was all of that genuine? Like, was every single bit of that episode genuine? And I said, the only thing that wasn't genuine is that they told me not to clean my house for a month. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else was absolutely genuine, unscripted. Every word I say is coming straight out of my heart. Every tear that I shed is is raw, and that's important about the episode. It's. I think a lot of the times we get so lost on the negatives and we get so caught up in trying to argue one stance or another when we really just need to take a step back and look at a person and say, oh, look at how much joy that person is, is experiencing. Look how much yeah. joy that person is gaining for themselves by living their true self. Right. And yeah. I think I that everybody can benefit from that. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, what, what really, um, really was at the center of, of your story, particularly well, in, in, in the queer episode was reconnecting with your dad. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, um, your, your transition obviously is massively important, central to that, to, to the reason that you, you, you spent a while away from your father, that the reunification was, oh my God, I'm feeling emotional now thinking about it, honestly, <laughs> because like you said, your emotion was so genuine there. Like, um, maybe we should talk a little bit, if you're comfortable to talk about why you, Absolutely. you, you and your dad spent a bit of time apart. Um, so, uh, your question is why we spent some time apart. Is that, is that what you're asking? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, like I said in the episode, my last barrier to officially starting HRT was to have a sit down conversation with my father. Um, I had basically the first day that I ever like ex experimented with my gender, I called both him and my mom and I said, Hey, look, this is what I'm doing today. I don't know what, what it's, what, what's going to come from it, but this is important to me. And I, and I just wanted you to know that. And so, from, sorry, sorry. So no, go ahead. when, when you said, when you say that, is that like, um, how do you mean about like today? Am I, am I, I'm going to identify as, as a woman today. Oh, like, um, going through I was going or... <laughs> I was going to a pride event here in Austin. Um, Sweet. And last second, I stole a sports bra from a friend. I stole some <laughs> some small shorts from a friend. And I was like, let me just shave my legs and do everything right now and just say fuck it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm pride, take pride has that work, pictures. yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so essentially I put everything on and I took a bunch of pictures and then I called them and I was like, look, this is what I look like right now. This is what I'm doing. Um, I just need y'all to be aware. Um, and I think for my dad, it wasn't, 
the fact that I was transitioning. It wasn't the fact that I was th like throwing away how he raised me or throwing away anything. It was the fact that trans people are in danger. I think mm -hmm. that that's the biggest thing is that for him, all he saw is that trans people have like have some of the highest rates of suicide, of self harm, of depression. Um, mm -hmm. And for him, he never he has never wanted to see me struggle. He's never wanted to see me go to a dark place and struggle and and go through any form of harm. Um, so for so him, much. absolutely, he he was. Mm -hmm. It's always been love for him, and even in that time that we weren't speaking, it was always love for him. He was trying to work it out on his end, and he was talking to as many people as possible to work work it out on his end. Um, so it left you in the dark, right? So that's pretty brutal not, not even not even necessarily i i would hear from my my mom and he he knew that that i would be hearing from my mom about about how he would go and try and educate himself and take steps for himself mm -hmm. um he actually was defending me to other family members um according to my mom um who couldn't understand more and the fact that my dad who was struggling already to understand what i was doing was defending me um, along the way, even if he wasn't talking to me, that was that was huge for me. That's that's something I I want to. I this is an American term, but unpack that a little bit because, like, how did you how do you get your head around that? Like, he's he is figuring out in his own way. He's defending you to to, to family members and what have you, but he's not able to reach out yet. That's like you were a year apart, right? Yes, yes. Uh, basically so like, a year uh, apart. Uh, it would yeah. have been three weeks until a year uh, when we reunited. Um, how did I feel? I don't know. I think for a little bit, I was bitter. I think mm -hmm. um, that last conversation, we didn't say anything necessarily mean or awful to each other, but it was a, a, an agreement that he needed time and I needed time. Um, okay. his questions were, were, how are you going to get, how are you going to get a job? How are you going to go to the store and, and be okay at the store? How are you going to do all these things that, that, um, that normal people do, you know, with, okay. without coming into harm. And like I said, it was, it was just, it was fear. And he, he just wanted to make sure that I was going to be safe, you know? Um, and I honestly spent the first six months of that, not being able to see that. Um, I went to my Thanksgiving and Christmas celebrations and he told my, my mom for, for my, for my child's sake, my, not my daughter or my son, my child's sake, I think that I should stay home so, so they can see the family and not have to get into a conversation that they don't want to. Right. right. Um, yeah. so I didn't see him for Thanksgiving. I didn't see him for Christmas. And back then I was bitter. Back then I was like, I, you're just avoiding me, right? But in reality, mm. he knew that for, for my sake and for his sake, it would be much healthier for us to take that time apart and, and try and figure out our own way to understand each other. God, that's such a level of maturity. I can't even... <laughs> you're, oh my God, when I was 21, 20, there's no way I could do that. I would be a bitter horrible cunt i really would be i'd be a horrible <laughs> asshole like 
and also massively emotional and confused. You know, you know, the driving force of your father, he was such a cornerstone in your life. There's no, mm -hmm. I, you know, to, 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 to understand that, hey, maybe Thanksgiving, Christmas, etc. emotions are going to run high. We don't want to get into a rut and create anything that is insurmountable because we say things that we do mean, but doesn't necessarily actually help or could could cause irreversible damage that's absolutely a lot of maturity on your part absolutely thank like i i like i said i was bitter and i regret those times and the conversations that i would have with my girlfriend where i was just angry and i was expressing like why isn't my dad here you know um yeah. it it was about like nine to ten months in um when i would start to kind of understand that you know what, this time was beneficial. The, this time was probably the best thing that we could do for each other. Um, because truly, if we had tried to, to fix things before, it probably would have ended up being something a lot bigger than what it needed to be, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, yeah, fine, man. Like, I, I get it, it's cool. I just, God... Yeah, it's it's just it it does it conjures up a lot of emotions for myself as well. My my dad sadly died when I was twenty two, and um, we we literally had the most monumental physical fight three months before he died, and I was able to oh, make. I'm it so sorry. Up. Thanks, thanks, Angel. And and like when you guys reunited, I think that definitely uh, brought a lot of that to the fore. And I think it's so important the connection you now have with him, and also seeing his face when you when you met again was i mean goodness me like that was he had done the work do you know what i mean like he was there in the moment yeah he wasn't there was no doubt that he, he was so the love for you my god it really shook me you know really did that love that love is something that like i might have lost my view of it I might have not been able to see it, but that love is something that never left. And that love has always been there from when I was like my, my very first day on earth to, to my very last one, that love will always be there. And I will never be able to repay him for that. Yeah. And you're trained, you train together as well, which is brilliant. I like that. The, um, yeah, just, just, just a, bit a little a, bit. A um, he, but... he lives down in San Antonio and I'm an hour away. So um, yeah. I don't get to train with him as often as I would love to um yeah but it's definitely i think that that scene at the end of the episode was very important to me especially um i made a joke earlier on twitter that he uh that was the atta girl that like rang around the world you know um nice. the most yeah. the most impactful atta girl of all time <laughs> right it's 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 funny isn't it the smallest things the smallest things mean just so much will turn a phrase it's all the the pieces of the jigsaw fitting together it's wonderful like um should we talk a bit about Queer Eye and the episode and how it came together? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, because I, 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 I've been watching it for, what, six seasons now, and um, <laughs> and it used to be called something different over in the UK. Um, but I love it because it was immediately a celebration of uh, just people from every different walk of life. And Absolutely. Did, who, did, who arranged it? How, how did they, do they, do they, do they, google you find you instagram you what was it so basically there's a nomination process um my girlfriend and my coach were two of the people that nominated me and they did that in oh. tandem 
with uh, my uh, with my boss Lori. Um, they used my girlfriend and Vinny, my coach, as the nominations for the episode. Um, but I do want to give credit to my, my the wonderful owner of the gym, Liberation Barbell Club here in Austin, um, for taking that step and saying, "Hey, uh, maybe we should just throw her name out there just in case," you know. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love that gym as well, by the way. That's yeah, so cool. it's 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 the best space. It's the most inclusive space in the South, in my opinion. But that's 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 bias. Um, but. <laughs> Um, but in regards to the process itself, there's a nomination process and then a producer will eventually call you and ask you for a, like a, 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 a zoom recording interview, basically where you go over your life and what's going on and what, what your challenges are. Um, yeah. I actually, I got the call like rushing on my way to a doctor's appointment. Um, it was like, a horrible time in our lives. Our old apartment had sprung a sewage leak. Um, so oh we were, yeah, we were rushing to try and find somewhere to live. We were yeah. running out of money. We were just, we were down, we were struggling. Um, so to get that call that says, oh, by the way, a, a Queer Eye producer might be contacting you in an hour was like, oh, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that my story impacted them so much that two executive producers, um, Lindsay and Wesley, uh, they reached out to me and they were like, we have to meet you. We have to meet you in person right now. Right. Um, yeah. They took me out to a nice lunch and I was just telling my story, enjoying this nice little panini that I was eating. And I look up and Wesley, Wesley's, uh, Wesley's from the UK and like he was, he's just the most emotional man I've ever met. He's the most open man I've ever met. Um, and I looked, I looked up and there's just tears streaming down his face. The producer Lindsay's like wiping hers away. And I was like, Oh, I guess I must be impacting something. It's funny that you tell someone your story and it's like, it's just a story to you. It's just your, you know, you're used to telling it over the trillion different ways in your own mind. And then you tell it to someone, I, you know, what, have I done something wrong here? Like what, what, what it's like, you know, what's playing behind me, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and from there it was just like triple checking everything. Um, Wesley actually would go and take me out on these little producer dates and he just wanted to know every little thing about me that he could possibly find. Everything ranging from what it's like being a trans woman to what it's like being a strength athlete to what it's like being angel, you know, what it's like being yeah. in a in a queer relationship with my cisgender um with my cisgender girlfriend, you know? Um yeah. like he really took the time to get to know me um and to really try and find the best way to retell my story. Yeah. God, it's brilliant. God, because it's so funny, isn't it? How the, when it pans out, you just think, "Oh, they just they just turn up with a camera and press record." I mean, I'm not that naive, but you know, it's kind of got that that vibe. It's just so well put together. And then, obviously, you, were you a fan of the show prior to being on it? Oh, I was definitely a viewer who would sit down and watch Queer Eye and be like, "Oh my god, it'd be so funny if I was on that show." Right. Yeah. Um, right. I like I can pick out specific points in time where me and Gathia would sit and watch the show and be like, "Wow, I wonder what that's like, huh?" <laughs> and just never ever would have thought anything, right? Um, yeah, right. It's so cool. And what? So what's it like meeting the uh, the guys for the first time? Because um, the crew, the 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 presenters, because 
man. Watch what I watched the um, episode after yours last night as a cowboy. Yeah, and he was like, "Gotta say, <laughs> I was a little bit, I was a bit intimidated by you at first, but you know, I got used to you because like <laughs> it, it, it's like five five massive personalities. What, mm-hmm. what was that like? Um, well, funny story. We actually came in that Tuesday of that week. Um, and I thought I was coming in to shoot more like actual training footage. I was like hyped up. I threw like three scoops of pre-workout in my mouth. I was like super like, oh yeah, like let's, let's <laughs> lift some heavy weights and get some awesome clips. And I think I was mid deadlifts when I realized that the cameras were not pointing at me. They were pointing right. at the door. Right. And I was like, why are they looking at the door? They should be on me right now. I'm training. <laughs> and then, and then these five loud personalities just burst through. And it's, it's just, it was a lot. <laughs> Every, right. It was everything I could, I could, I, I could have imagined, but it was just like, whoa, this is happening. This is happening. It's in real life. And plus then it's not in clips, right? So you're obviously, you're watching clear out queer rights. I can, you know, there's like a five second clip of Tam or Tan or something. And then there's, you know, Anthony's doing this thing. Blah, 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 yeah. It's like you get each of them for like, how, how long were they with you for? Like a, a, a week or something? So that week, um, it was the first week of June this year. And that, um, that Monday we took off from filming. And then that Tuesday is when they started everything. So that's when they surprised me. Um, they surprised me at the gym and they whisked me away. And when they whisked me away after the house tour, um, I don't see anybody for the rest of the week. Um, yeah. they, they put me in a hotel. They're like, you don't, don't be on your phone. Don't, don't, don't do this. Um, we, we want this to be like completely tailored to you. Um, right. so for the rest of the week, it was just like, um, like block schedule after block schedule for like that next day it was salon with jonathan then it was um the the clothing store with tan and then immediately afterwards it was the the furniture store with bobby and then it was just boom 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 um yeah however i do feel like they did an amazing job of providing each um each of the fab five with enough time to draw out the part of me that needed to be shown um yeah i spent nine hours with Jonathan in that salon chair while he was doing my hair. Um, and they definitely nine like hours. nine hours. Right. Um, and Jonathan looked at me and Your she hair was looks like, amazing by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, she, she sent me a bunch of her hair care products. So, um, yeah. definitely got that JVN hair is, is it does work. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I, it really felt like I could, be authentic with every single one of them um and yeah. really just tell my truth um even with those cameras rolling um a lot of yeah. people came to me afterwards and they were like have you been filmed before you just look so natural and i was like uh, i was just kind of talking <laughs> so you got a story yeah you know you've got something within you that is your truth right you've got a it's 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 there to to, to tell and you're good at articulating it that's a that's exactly not every not everybody has that right you know, <laughs> thank you so much you're not boring you're not boring you know you're <laughs> thank excited. you so much <laughs> and i i'll tell you one thing is when i when i first saw you i was like that is a smile like there is something in that smile <laughs> you know some people they have that okay you know some people can be 
really mean and horrible but have great smiles but then you get to know there's an evilness in that smile but yours is just there's such a depth i just you know and immediately i was, I was like this is going to be a good episode i know it <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much that means like that means the world i i never thought that i would you know be getting praise for just being me you know um because i it's it's so no no no, it's it's just it's so important that i was genuine right it's so important that people saw me for the real me because i think so many media outlets and so many different resources just have this very specific image of what a trans woman looks like or what a trans woman is like and for me to be genuine and and raw and and truthful that mm. honestly is probably a game changer for most of the people who had a different idea of trans women yeah no completely i mean no i i, I agree i agree it's funny isn't it i mean i don't even know where to start on that because it's so like i haven't even articulated the question in my head i just that's just like a i've got that i'm gonna have to take that away with me and think about it it's quite interesting because <laughs> god yeah i think that's what queer is so damn good at people that are so good at talking about themselves if you give it just give people a, a, a couple of minutes they can s- s- you know just totally open people's minds right? absolutely almost no effort but um was it was there was there a moment sorry to, this is so this is so fanboy of me but is there a moment like um when you see um jonathan for the first time and you're like damn she's cool or like, oh my god, this is. This I definitely is, this is the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, JVN stands very tall when when they're in some hills. So uh, yeah. seeing JVN walk down that turf in the heels in that in that wonderful yeah. outfit that they were wearing, um, I was just like, that's that is going to be my next week, and that might be that like this personality might be integral to my future for for i don't know how long so yeah for sure. and i i have the i have the pleasure of being able to personally coach jvn now as well we've been working together for uh five months ish i believe five wow. six months. yeah oh um That's awesome. uh, they got in contact with me in august and she was like i need a local based trainer do you know anybody who could possibly help me get my strength and my conditioning up for gymnastics and i was like hi it's <laughs> i do that <laughs> um, brilliant so so it's been it's been a uh, an amazing ride so far being being their coach and being able to get an insight into what they go through every single day i mean it's it's funny isn't it because it must be so much this we spoke quite funny working with with Jonathan because like character obviously for starters but like because mm-hmm. I've had a couple of personal trainers in, in in my time and I've tried I've really tried I've really tried to get fit <laughs> um and it it's it's like a little mixture between physical torture and then laughter yeah. um, and I saw a picture of you doing backflips um Sorry, a video of you doing backflips. And that was quite funny. That that was with JVN, right? Yeah. Um, so our training is a mix of strength training um, personally between me and JVN. And then we go for gymnastics training um, like two to three times a week on top of that. Um, so I, I'm able to get the insight into 
what they do in gymnastics and then take that information and apply it to what I'm, co I'm coaching and what I'm programming for the rest of the week. Um, on top of that, I have the pleasure of really having JVN there to also really coach me. Um, there's, see, like, I feel like a lot of people don't get to see the amount of drive that, that Jonathan has and the amount of just like dedication, not just to their work and, and, and their personality and everything that they do, but also to their training. Um, Jonathan, I've had so many amazing clients over the past two years and Jonathan has been one of the absolute most consistent, one of the best. Um, I, I'm always getting extra texts asking me questions, um, wondering what will be the best path forward for different routes of training. Um, yeah. And just to see that somebody who has no time can apply so much of themselves to their training and just because they love doing what they do, that was that was huge. And the, what's so cool, right, is about the, the human body is it you, you don't need money. You just you can just do it in a fucking living room. You know, absolutely. Just, I mean, I did mention Joe Wicks. I'm not going to lie. I've spent 60 pounds on <laughs> a quid on uh, on on blah 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 whatever. Some people need it, but really, at the end of the day, just go on. You know, you can just. It's about drive and intent and absolutely and focus. I um, um, my biggest thing that I've been kind of preaching is that. We have to look at being an athlete. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me rephrase that. There's been a lot of talk, uh, especially recently in the past few years, about things like overtraining and overdoing it and overpushing yourself. Um, and I think that while we do have to be aware and, and articulate how we feel and understand how our bodies work, that is our number one important thing. I think that using the old school mottos of, an athlete and a person you just have to want it like that that's it like the the number one thing is you have to want it more whether it's wanting it more than your previous self wanting it more than the person across from you or wanting it more than the person down below you on the rankings you know um and that's what drives me every day is just coming in and saying i i want this i i nice. want this i i want to 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 train and to and to and to have that drive and to to really aim to be a champion. Yeah, yeah. And so that's that, that where you're, is that where you're headed, Angel? Yeah, you, absolutely. You, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Olymp I Oli think that... Olympics, do you think? Um, so right now my focus is in powerlifting here in the US. Um, there's uh, certain avenues that I could possibly take this year um, that aren't exactly the most beneficial for me personally. So I'm kind of keeping my options open as to where things are looking. Um, as for Olympic weightlifting, um, to answer your question about the Olympics, I actually, um, it's kind of up in the air, right? Um, Do because it. There was... People will love you. You're, you're perfect. <laughs> well, the funny story, there's actually, um, Olympic weightlifting is actually up in the air for 2028. They're not sure if um, they'll be able to include it in, in the next Olympics because of all the drug ah. issues. Um, there's okay, right. so many drug issues in the sport and the IOC has basically come out recently and said, look, we will come back and reanalyze and see if y'all have done enough to be in the next Olympics by 2023. Mm. But if y'all don't get y'all shit together, 2024 is going to be the last Olympics for y'all. 
Um, clean it, clean it up. My God. Yeah, exactly. And then on top of that, they've reduced the amount of athletes that Olympic weightlifting can take to the Olympics. Um, so it would be extremely hard for me to be competitive in the higher weight classes because, yeah. well, the uh, the upper weight class is, I believe, it's I eighty four plus, right? So it's like mm -hmm. everybody from um, like one ninety two and above, right? Um, and in my opinion, that's nowhere near like the inclusive, like the, like there's, that's nowhere near inclusive for, for women of all body types. Right. Um, yeah. because you'll see like, like some athletes like, uh, Sarah Robles here in the U S she, she stands taller and, and she's, she's a wonderfully strong, wonderfully large woman, um, who like, like she, she does have that like stature and that like strength in her. Right. Um, yeah. And for a lot of women, it's it's hard to, you know, try and like choose between should I diet down and right. attempt to compete at a lower weight class or try and gain weight and gain strength. Um, mm. And when it comes to those weight classes, they really need to be expanded um, just so more people can be involved. Um, yeah. he, here in the U.S., we just added in a... Um, a hundred kg class for our women in powerlifting. Um, so women, uh, in, up until about two twenty, two twenty two, um, are now in, in a in their own weight class. They won't have to compete with women who are three, who are two two forty and above, right? Um, yeah. And that opens up the avenue for so many women who have had to choose between dieting and 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 overeating to to be competitive and to compete. God. God, it, yeah, that's such an interesting world. I, I literally had no idea existed. It's so it's so crazy, isn't it? The combines that so many people are put through. It's it, bizarre. Like stre <laughs> strength sports are are strange. Strength sports mm. are a lot of people aren't aren't familiar. They're not strange. Let me let me rephrase. Um, they're strange because nobody outside of the strength sport world really has the knowledge of like how this works, right? Um, so when you finally take a look at like things like weight classes and, 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 bo and the body and hormones and strength and muscle, it really becomes clear that inclusivity is the way forward. Yeah. Yeah. I did actually want to ask you a question, um, about, is it, is it Laura Hubbard? I can't even get her name right. Um, yes. Yeah. Right. Oh, I did get it right. Amazing. Um, <laughs> the recent Olympics, like the, um, I don't know what you call it, but the um, negative um, feedback ar around her. What, what was it like? What was your what's your take on all that? And can you like have you had to have endless debate with people about why it's cool that she's there and mm -hmm. it's fine? Relax. So um, when it comes to elite sports, right? Um, I think that anybody who tries to sit and claim that like there's no biological advantages in elite sports that should be allowed should probably take a step back and look at the elite athletes right um i think that to be an athlete you already have to have a certain amount of of drive and 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 composure and and willingness to to what's the word to commit to want it right um and I, I love getting people into that environment and helping people realize that they have that drive. 
However, when it comes to things like the Olympics and things like like high level sports, we have to take a step back and say, hey, we have to be more nuanced about how we think about hormones and body structure and genetic advantage, right? Like without even mm -hmm. bringing in without even bringing in trans athletes, you can look at just among different races, different different genetic trees, different family trees that there's so many so much variation and so much really so much unfairness, right? I think elite yeah. sports are are unfair I, I, like are unfair from the get-go, right? And we and, right. yeah, yeah, and 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 that's a that's a big statement. I I will say that's a big statement. However, if you look at it, you have to take nuance into account and say that you know what we've made this as fair as possible, but the best athletes are going to have some sort of advantage. And you know what? When it comes to trans athletes, to get to your question, we go through so much on a daily basis just to be in there and train that I think that if a trans athlete can surpass all of the challenges they find in their day-to-day -day life why shouldn't they be allowed to compete just just to give you an example yeah. um my so my appetite has been royally fucked for about eight months so mm -hmm. essentially where i'm at and i've spoken to my doctor about this and my psychiatrist i've searched for different solutions um but essentially I will, my body needs to be fueled like a 210 pound power lifter um, who lifts really heavy weight on a daily basis. However, yeah. I will get halfway through meals and get nauseous because it's I too bet. much. Yeah. It's because like my, my appetite is telling me you want to be a 180 pound tiny little girl. And my training is telling me you want to be a a 210 power lifter you know so right for, even for 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 cisgender lifters so many people struggle with that struggle with properly fueling their body on a daily basis um and for me to be taking hormones that are actively telling me hey you shouldn't be doing this hey your hormone profile is not set up for elite athletics your hormone profile is set up for you to be some tiny little girl and in their room right. playing video playing video games and talking to the to the Gosh. computer you know um and what and I if like you can get up, through that and get to the Olympics, then fuck. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, right. Wow. Um, Good for you. And when it, exactly. Um, and oh, what was I going to say? I was going to Sorry, I should have interrupted you. I no, no, no. no. It, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I have so much to say and it, it's all very, very important. Um, God. Oh, and like just speaking appetite wise for like, like I said, cisgender lifters, like if they have the advantage of being able to take advantage of that testosterone boost, right? Um, even cisgender women, like baseline cisgender women, they go in and they lift and they work out and they have, a, they have their food afterwards and they're able to take advantage of that testosterone spike for the rest of the day. When it mm. comes to trans athletes and, and people who are manipulating their hormones, oftentimes those, those anti-testosterone hormones, like the estrogen and the progesterone that, causes, that actively block testosterone, are telling the body, hey, you don't want to take advantage of testosterone. You don't want to take advantage of, of the, the work that we just did. Yeah, I yeah. just squatted three, I just squatted 380, but I don't want to get stronger to, to squat more than that because the hormones aren't telling me to. Does that make sense? It does completely. It's like you're in a constant battle. Like exactly. Extraordinary. And what I found is that for trans women in particular, um, 
we have to just lay on the volume with our training. We have to just go balls to the wall with everything because like if we don't force our body to adapt and force our body to be stronger, we're not going to be able to match up to the cisgender lifters who aren't taking those disadvantageous like testosterone blocking hormones. So when you see some, I'm going to have to apologize to people listening because my chair is creaking like a pain in the <laughs> ass. But um, yeah, you know, what you've painted there is such an, an amazing picture. I hadn't, I had no idea it was to that degree. And it's such, it's such, like, such an amazing amount of light that has been cast on, on the subject <laughs> for me. It's, that's fascinating. And, and also heartbreaking as well, but also it's a whole bunch of things clearly, but, but mainly how do you function in terms of like the eating then? Where are you now? Are you, do you literally, you can't finish a meal that you, but you, but you know, you have to, it's like, are you just, get, it's not as simple as just eating shit tons of Ben and Jerry's, you know, you can't just eat shit. Absolutely. Uh, what I found is that especially as I get older and as I get deeper into my years of training, I become more and more in tune with my body and mm. I can't just stuff my face with junk food anymore. Like I used to, you know, like, yeah, I'm still young and I'm 22, but as an athlete who is deeply aware of how her body feels on a daily basis, I know for a fact that if I spend a day reaching my calories by eating fast food all day, I'm going to feel like shit the next day, regardless, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so being able to meet my caloric goals with nutritiously dense food is probably the biggest challenge that I've faced so far as an, as a trans athlete. Um, it's, like, it's not the lifting 380, whatever it's like, it's the, <laughs> eating the food. It's God, the fucking yeah. food. It's the fucking um, food. so like for, for example, last week I came down with COVID and I was out of training oh, for I'm a so week. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I, I'm all good now. I, I tested negative. I'm okay. But for the entirety of last week, I was under eating. I was not hungry because I was sick and I was at home and I wasn't doing anything. And then coming back to training this week, um, it was definitely like, oh, whoa, this is, I definitely feel it. Basically, like my body said, oh, oh you're not training this week yeah we get to get rid of all this crap that you've been trying to force on us oh man god like seriously the respect i have for you is it's i can't articulate it i mean that's lazy i mean other than just saying like <laughs> I, I have such a profound amount of respect for you that's basically you. what i'm trying to say and like all like trans athletes as well and it, it, it appears at an elite level it's it's beyond anything i could ever comprehend and do you know what? It's put my life in perspective as well a little bit. Do you know? Do you know what I mean, Angel? Because it's like I'm I'm I don't know. I I think I think that's what I love about the celebration of people that have really striven for something in their lives, really strive for something rather, and and it gives you a sense of hope, right? Um, Absolutely. If, if you if you can do what you've done, then you know I can. I can do this thing that I need to do because it's fucking minuscule in comparison of what, what you've been through. But um, absolutely. I, I did want to ask before we go, cause I, you've been really generous here and I don't know what your time is like, <laughs> but um, I've got, I've got, I, I've got, I've got, I've got time. So if, if you want to go another like, like 10, 15, 20 minutes, I, I have time. It's all on you here. Okay, cool. Cause I, I wanted to know how your, your girlfriend and, 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 and you, how that whole, that whole thing 
like evolved because that to me was like that must have been an extraordinary journey you know you say you mm -hmm. know i'm going to go through this the transition period and process and um i mean how did that how does that evolve what's that like um how did that conversation start well um i listened to a podcast my very first day i ever realized i was trans i listened to a podcast and one of the um one of the hosts came out as trans on that podcast and as she wow, spoke okay. as she spoke i was like huh i i'm like that that's kind of what that's kind of what i do that's kind of what i feel like you know mm. um and then it was like i just asked the question of am i a girl and my brain just clicked like for some like something deep inside me i i can't explain it i i texted my best friend and i was like i think i'm trans and that was the most sure text i've ever sent in my entire life wow. um so in terms of my girlfriend she was like she was the first person i texted right before i texted my best friend and i was like hey do you think this could be something i should look into and she'd only <laughs> she'd only known me for like i don't know two and a half months we'd spent the entire summer together but it was still like wow what you didn't know each other <laughs> two and a half months that's amazing yeah like we had spent every single day that summer together like when when we met it was just a click and a, and a, and a light in my life and i was like i need to see this person every single day i, I can't be without this person um yeah. but like that third month in when i just laid it on her and i was like hey this might be something i need to look into she didn't know what to do you know she right. was she yeah. was like uh maybe this is just I, I don't know what this is um, it's not like hey i don't like i've got to tell you look i don't like disney films or anything <laughs> this is like or I, i'm just not a big fan of sleeps in seattle okay i think it's a shit film but it's not <laughs> i'm just saying um but you, this is it's a huge two and a half months three months that's extraordinary i honestly give her all the credit in the world for not looking at me and being like uh i gotta go <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um because amazing. any other person could have heard that and been like you know what i understand what you're going through i understand that this is something you need to explore but mm. i don't think i can i can explore that with you and i would have respected that you know um mm. but she was the one that looked to me and said you know what here's a sports bra let's let's just let's just see what happens you know and really? it was she, she, that's amazing yeah, she gave. She was the one that gave me a bunch of her clothes, and she was like, "Like, let's let's see, let's see." What a what a person! Like, I'm not saying that because, oh my god, you know, like f f from a from a negative point of view, I'm just saying that from just such an original, beautiful. And I wonder how often that actually does happen. Maybe it happens more than we realize. You know, people that just two souls meet, and it's not about fucking, you know, Willie's vaginas and fucking hair color yeah. and whatever blah 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 it's about like um two souls and they need to it's be about love kind of thing it's about right. love exactly and she's always maintained that um and she said on the episode that no matter who i was or what i did or where i went it was always going to be about the love that she had for me and the love that we had for each other and that was going to surpass every other challenge that we could possibly face so i want i want to ask a question here and okay. it's it's uh, uh, out of uh, I don't know curiosity I suppose, but mm -hmm. 
but so and I don't I don't want to sound super ignorant it's just literally like just really really I'm just super interested and I have no just go for it it's a it's a question so ask a question you're okay but like what so she so she she kind of would would, when you before you transition so she still loves you know loves you for who you are and everything she's like is she bi then does that make her bi does that make her gay now does it gender fluid I don't do you know what I mean I that's my question. No, I, I don't understand. Think it's that big. I, I think I've blown up into a little bit too much than I think what they thought I was. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's it's a genuine question. And honestly, a lot of people had the same question for us when when we started dating. My my grandmother asked me this question the other day, right? Like, how does that <laughs> okay, work? Okay. And, and I was like, you know what? Um, she honestly, she's always been identified as queer. Um, okay, right. Okay. It wasn't. Yeah. She she's dated primarily men she had never like explored a relationship with a woman at that point in time um but she had uh, and not not to give away too much of her story but like she had prior um like different like you know meeting different women and being like oh i could totally like like date you probably right but it never happened mm. um so for her and me it was very much her taking the time to look at her identity and be like maybe I'm a little bit more queer than, than, than I, than I thought I was, you know, maybe I am more pansexual. Maybe I am more, yeah. maybe it's not, it's not about the body that's in front of me, but it's about the love. Right. Um, and she, yeah. she did come out to me like six months in and she, we were making breakfast and she pointed at this freaking pan on the stove and she was like, Hey, it's me. And I was like, did you just come out to me right now? Is that what happened? <laughs> um, and so like hearing her say that and, and recognizing that she took the time to explore her own identity and how this relationship affects her identity was, was probably the most amazing thing that I've ever felt. God, I bet. Except it's like a, a form of like acceptance and just mm-hmm. it's going to be okay. Do you know what I mean? That that feeling when you've got, especially when you've bonded so heavily with someone, and those first two or three months of a relationship are so intense. Exactly. Yeah, you know, there's a, an element of fear in there, and then and then the fear just completely shattered, and you're just like, boom, in the zone. It's all going to be good, you know. And this person accepts me for who I am, and I can do this journey don't necessarily have to do it alone it's wow what absolutely something it, yeah. it was like it and then to actually start the hormones in transition she quickly adjusted to treating me how i needed to be treated even before the hormones she she was like progressing her way through like learning learning how to use pronouns correctly and learning how to address how to treat me as the woman i am and she honestly was the proponent of me figuring out different ways to affirm myself and my identity right um it's like it was like she started holding me differently she started hugging me differently kissing me differently it was it was definitely it's a switch that she never she'll claim that never happened but i noticed right i noticed the tiny steps i know i know what you mean absolutely god wow this is so enlightening i'm loving this you know, really am. This is so, such a cool, such a cool chat. I just think I've, excuse me, I mean, for years and years, like going back to turning it onto myself really briefly, like, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily think I was gay, mm-hmm. but I definitely was aware of my sexuality at a very young age, like five, maybe younger, just like being aroused. And 
I think that made me hyper keen when I was at boarding school to get with boys, but like in a really kind of lame way. Like I never. Yeah, I understand. Never really snogged a boy. It's probably like, you know, it's like grinding up against them, basically, or something weird. You'd, you'd have like these <laughs> minute and a half interactions where your dick was literally going to explode out of your pants or whatever because you were so fucking horny. Um, but then, you know, and something massively backfired at boarding school and it completely ruined like two years of my life and gave me post-traumatic stress disorder. And oh, no. Basic, yeah, it was horrific. And for about up to the age of about 34... Um, I essentially just thought I was a complete freak, like in and out of anxiety, not mm -hmm. necessarily about my sexuality, but mainly about just all kinds of weird shit that we all go through. But one of them was definitely, there was a little bit of question about my sexuality there. And then I met, um, these, these, you know, these friends and, and I, I listened to a podcast a little bit like yourself and I realized, <laughs> oh, we're all freaks. Oh, we're all weird. We all think these weird fucking things. We all think these you know we, we, you're not alone basically and exactly it's all gonna it's all gonna be okay but in but until you realize that but obviously it's different for you because um you know you you had a, a completely different journey to me i mean i wouldn't even say that i wouldn't even say that we had a different journey i think that we all have the same journey just it's just a different subject you know we're all just trying mm. to find new ways to find ourselves and that that goes back to my 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 thoughts about like you know, giving, giving kids the ability to articulate how they feel, you know, like, yeah. I think that, you know, like, in, in your case, I think that if you like had learned the language to articulate how you feel at a younger age, you wouldn't have been able to avoid that, that time of your life where you were struggling, you know? Yeah. I mean, honestly, this, whenever I have a conversation about this with, with someone, I'm always like, yeah, I could have just had like 15 years of zero hell. And, sort of <laughs> yeah. and, and enlightenment i could have basically been george harrison or or okay i'm going too far but you know it could have been s dragged down was not nice having mind body and soul crushing anxiety attacks aren't aren't great and that's i think why i um i sort of respond so well to people like yourself who have clearly been through something in incredibly um difficult and f like you're fighting in the dark in like a paper bag sometimes and and yeah just uh, uh, so much respect for you but um I, I i really appreciate that i really appreciate that you that you really have taken the time to listen to me and, and listen to my words and listen to what i'm saying because like i a lot of trans women before me haven't had that opportunity you know they haven't had the opportunity to really express who they are and really show the world that we're nothing to nothing to be afraid of and in fact we're like an integral part of your society we're an integral part of our society you know yeah, this this is this is our world and and we are just as much a part of it as everybody else yeah no exactly vive la difference and etc etc i just want to say when i when i when i this is a stupid thing to say but whenever i'm saying hey dude or hey man and stuff in conversations i say that to like literally everyone by the way oh no don't worry like, about it don't worry about I, it <laughs> i'm I, I am like terrified that someone's going to go like, do you hear he was saying, man, oh my God, he's being disrespectful. That's just, I say, oh no, don't I worry about it. Fucking everyone. So, um, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, I live and train around veterans and, and some, some really gruff men. So I, right. I definitely, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> don't you worry. Okay. Um, I think that. In the future, should you have any other trans women on, I, I, it would definitely be a question to ask. I think that would be a great, yeah. a great step. 
um, I think that really just being able to communicate with each other, just being honest with each other is the most important thing. Mm, yeah. I think it's like, it's weird, isn't it? Because I, literally just one more minute. Okay, one more minute. No, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't worry. Don't worry. Take your time. But it is those slips, right? It's because like, what's it, what's it like a word that you use to describe everyone? Um, hey, guys, come here. Like, I don't know, an episode of Friends, Chana mm-hmm. steps up and goes, hey, guys, let's all go over here. He doesn't mean everyone's a man. He just, it's like, a, oh, my God, what is that word called? I'm losing my mind. But like, um, it, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of, I, you, you can offend people now by saying perhaps, you know, Hey guys, come over here. As opposed to like, I don't know. Fuck it. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I think it's just yeah. Like and a, I, I hear you. I, I, I genuinely hear you. And I, and I hear, I hear that, and I hear that a lot. And I think that instead of thinking about it as we're offending people, we should just be honest with ourselves and say, you know what? Language does not is very limiting. To be completely honest, there's a, there's an activist named Alok out of New York. Um, and they mm-hmm. do a lot of breaking down the gender binary and and really like being poetic and rewriting how we think about gender and the binary, right? And um, a lot of what they say is that language is one of the most limiting things that we we possibly have. It it puts it puts everything in little boxes, and we want to apply a word to everything when in reality the world is just mysterious and crazy, and sometimes we don't have the words or or the ability to articulate what we're feeling or what we're saying, you know, and being compassionate with each other and understanding that we're all just trying to articulate ourselves in an ever-changing world is is the mo- is so important, so important. Yeah, and especially most of it's slang. Like when you're growing up or, you, I don't know, fucking hell, you're listening to like hip-hop or, fucking, I don't know, some... I don't know, some song, some rock and roll, Absolutely. Or whatever, you know, you, you, these things are always put into the, to, to the societal slags, right? Exactly. And it's like, it's kind of, yeah, articulating it, it is difficult, but it's actually very interesting. And I, I think I need to, um, uh, educate myself a bit more on that actually, because it, it, it does, it frightens me that I'm 40 and I don't want to be I don't want to be like a an old stick in the mud, right? Yeah, I, I understand. Aware, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, but, I I completely um, understand. I honestly, there are there are a lot of people that um, that are much older than me who have reached out and been like, I just need another way to understand this. And and honestly, that's what I love doing is figuring out new ways to help people understand what other people go through. Hmm. Okay, well, look, thank you so much for your time, patience, and, and just, you know, your story. And it's such a beautiful thing to be able to speak to you literally like about two <laughs> days after having seen you on, on the box. So that's pretty, pretty cool. This um, has been, like, this has been such a genuine conversation. I appreciate it so much. Cool. Thanks, Angel. And you look absolutely stunning. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you know, Queer Eye listeners, uh, she has not lost it. She still has it. It's, you know, sometimes you go, they go back and they, you know, they do like a retrospective and that person has completely like lost everything, the style, <laughs> the, the, everything. So no, it's all good. No, Jonathan has mm. been on me. If I falter, Jonathan will let me know. <laughs> <laughs> nice fun. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time and um, I'll, we'll stay in touch and stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Thank you for your time. Cheers, Angel. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much.
All right. Bye. 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 Bye.